I'm Allie Sedano. I'm Fiona Boyle. We are both seafarers, and together with you, over the next several episodes, we're going to explore topics related to sexual assault and harassment offshore. In this mini-series, we will look at some of the data surrounding SASH, hear from women who went public with their stories, and explore resources in order to support change in the industry. This is the Women Offshore Podcast. Women Offshore is a 501c3 nonprofit organization supporting a diverse workforce on the water. Before we begin, we wanted to say that if you have been a victim or a witness to sexual assault or sexual harassment, you are not alone and can take action today. We encourage you to report such matters to your employer, academy, school, or union as per their guidelines. For example, this may be your HR partner, captain, or designated person ashore. It can be hard to speak up, but it is a necessary step in seeking help and breaking the cycle of sexual assault and sexual harassment. Fiona, it's April. Hi, Allie. I know it's April. Here we are kicking off this series with our first full episode related to sexual assault and sexual harassment in the industry. And this is a special month to do it in. Can you share why? Sure. Sexual Assault Awareness Month is an annual campaign to raise public awareness about sexual assault and educate communities, individuals, really globally, on how to prevent sexual violence. And traditionally, Sexual Assault Awareness Month is observed in April. So the color teal is traditionally worn as a reminder throughout the month. I'm wearing teal right now. I hope you are. If interested to learn more about the history of how Sexual Assault Awareness Month got started or to gain more information for yourself or your company, one can reference the National Sexual Violence Resource Center and their website is nsvrc.org forward slash Sam, S-A-A-M. I have a teal shirt on as well. Yes. The only teal shirt I own. (laughs) I think it's important with this series that we're doing to understand the data and if there really is any data around sexual assault and sexual harassment. So we asked the founder of saferwaves.org to come on the show and, and talk about what she has done with her organization. If you haven't heard of Safer Waves, it's pretty new. Started in 2019 to provide support to merchant seafarers who have experienced sexual assault, sexual harassment, or gender discrimination on board. Safer Waves is a registered charity, and they aim to create a safe space providing information while being a signpost to other suitable welfare charities globally and locally in the UK. Safer Waves works with seafarers, employers, and organizations to build a network of supports. One of the first items Safer Waves tackled was a survey due to a lack of data on sexual violence and harassment at sea. If you'd like to reference their findings, 
you can go to their website at saferwaves.org. To educate us on what she has learned through Operating Safer Waves is Becky. She's here with us today. She's the founder of the organization and a seafarer herself. So welcome, Becky, to the Women Offshore podcast. Hi. Yeah, thanks for having me. So, Becky, I want to dive right in. We got to set the record straight. Does sexual assault and sexual harassment exist offshore? Yes, it does. I think it's important to say that sexual violence is a lot more common than people like to think. So if you work and you live at sea, whether that's on a rig or a ship or any other vessel, then you will encounter a full spectrum of human behavior. And sometimes people will treat each other well, sometimes they'll treat each other badly, and sometimes even crimes are committed at sea. So I'm not saying that the maritime industry has a massive problem with sexual harassment and abuse, but I do think there are certain factors that make seafarers particularly vulnerable. So as you know, for female seafarers, they can often be the only woman on board, which can make them a target for anything from bullying to sexual harassment, even physical violence and sexual assault. The fact that seafarers are confined on board means that they can't escape predators in the same way as they perhaps would ashore if someone made them feel uneasy. Plus, you've got the the rank structure on board, which lends itself to abuses of power. And on top of that, there's less in the way of peer support for gaining perspective on someone's behavior. So that can sometimes make incidents quite hard to process. Yeah, a lot of factors involved that make living and working offshore different than if, say, you were harassed or assaulted in a shoreside job and lived at home. Yeah, but it's a dangerous environment as well. And I think crew rely on each other quite heavily for safety. And if if you're a junior, if you're a cadet, you're looking to those above you to sort of just tell you how things are done on board. And that can sort of lend itself to this power imbalance. We all know how important safety is and staying focused on our jobs. And when you have these these behaviors such as bullying or harassment, and it, it takes your mind off the focus of safety, which is very important to everyone. So Becky, really excited to have you here today. Can you tell us why you founded Safer Waves? Yeah. So Safer Waves is a charity now, but it started as a website where I could provide information to other seafarers. And I wanted to reach people who might otherwise feel really isolated. I wanted to provide a very victim-centered and compassionate source of support to let seafarers that know that there are people out there who care about what has happened to them. I was also frustrated that the word harassment is often used to cover this whole range of shocking violence directed at female seafarers in particular. Like, for example, throwing someone across a control room is not harassment, it's physical abuse. Molesting someone in their sleep isn't harassment, it's sexual assault. So Safer Waves was set up to more accurately reflect what people have been going through. Plus, we're, we're lucky in the UK to have some, some really exceptional rape crisis and sexual assault services. And I wanted to make that kind of service accessible to seafarers. That's great. What are some of the resources that are available in the UK? I think we've just got a really good system of, so you've got rape crisis and sexual assault centres, which provide support whilst victims are going through reporting processes 
and they provide counseling and other therapy, group therapy, that kind of thing that can really help with the healing process. And we've also got sexual assault referral centers where people can go immediately after an incident and they help, you know, with the medical examination. And I I just think we've got in this country now, people really understand how to sort of help a victim after the event. And I don't think that understanding is you know, it's not widespread and it's certainly not widespread in the in the maritime industry because people are quite often being treated quite badly after they've been the victim of harassment or assault. Saver Waves has been around for a year or so now. Can you share with us what have you discovered in your research? So, yeah, we carried out a survey recently, which some of your members took part in. And the purpose of the survey was to find out what support is available for seafarers who are being harassed or who have experienced sexual assault and what support they feel they need. So we found that seafarers are most likely to reach out to colleagues or friends and family for support. And we could see from the comments that responses from colleagues ranged widely from helpful and supportive to ill-informed and actually quite traumatizing. We also asked which type of help respondents would prefer and anonymous online chat was selected as the favorite, closely followed by anonymous email support. There was also a high percentage of respondents that indicated they would find mentoring helpful. And I know that Women Offshore has an active mentoring program. So we've referred to that on our website as well. But overall, the perception from the survey was that there's currently very little support for victims of harassment or sexual assault at sea. Yeah, it's so unfortunate. I hope you know that we are very thankful for what you have started. So... Fiona, I think we just need to say a big thank you to Becky for all the work that she's doing to make a difference in the industry. Thank you, Becky, so much. <laughs> oh, I don't want to. I don't know what to say to that. Really, <laughs> it takes a lot, and I know as Ali has founded Women Offshore, and she created it for something that wasn't existing that she wanted, and knowing that there's a void of something that's out there, and you know, you knowing that there's a need, that's what's really important here. So we're very thankful to learn about Safer Waves and for you having the courage to start it. Yeah, I mean, I started it, I wanted it to just be a website. And I hope that if I created it, people would visit it. And then I realized that for that to happen, I needed to promote it quite a lot. And I needed to try to get the message out there. And as I started speaking to other organizations, I found that there was a need and also that no other organization was going to do what I wanted to do because it was what I wanted to do, if you know what I mean. So I thought, well, I have to do it myself. Yes. Have you encountered any surprises through the last year or in your research? To be honest, no, not really. There were high levels of harassment, discrimination and sexual violence reported by female respondents some of the comments we received were really shocking, but sadly not unexpected at all. There were also a small number of sexual assaults reported by male respondents, which again, we did anticipate and we'll be looking further into how it affects men at sea. I think probably the most unexpected element for me was how few respondents reach out to maritime charities and helplines, which... I think does show a need for a more specific service where seafarers can be confident that they'll be heard and understood because it is such a 
sensitive subject and you're not going to want to open up to someone about sexual violence unless you know that they're prepared to hear it. In regards, Becky, to seafarers being on board a vessel or off the ship for reporting, if someone feels more comfortable doing it off the ship, have you found that results are showing that there's more reporting on or off the vessel either way? We haven't found that specifically just because it's not a question that we've asked but if you look at sexual abuse in general and sexual assault it can take years for people to be in a space where they feel like reporting it and what we have realized is that if you're on board you are still in a situation which is potentially dangerous potentially threatening And that a seafarer might develop any kind of coping mechanism just to get through that, just to get to the end of the contract. And it might even mean blocking it out to a certain extent, not putting a label on it, perhaps, or whatever it is they feel they need to do. And they might not even make that as a conscious decision. It might just, their brain might just protect them. And I think that that is how trauma works. And then when you get off and it's safer, you'll have a better understanding of what happened. You might feel more like you want to report it at that stage because, and and we do emphasize this on the website as well, because you can encourage people to report or suggest they can report if they feel like that's best for them, but their safety has got to take priority. So if you're in a kind of position where an abuser could retaliate against you, then by all means, yeah, I I think wait until you've got into a, a safe position. Right. Yeah. And it's always interesting, too, because some members of the vessel may or may not be observing the behaviors. They may be happening with a fellow watchstander or during times when there's not a lot of people around and there's always the level of believability or if I report this, what will happen and trying to make it through each day, like you mentioned, for the contract. There's all so many things to take into consideration. Yeah, and it's something we really want to try and get across that actually this isn't just harassment at work because in no other workplace would you be harassed by someone all day, then have to eat dinner with them, then go to sleep and potentially they've got a key to your cabin and then you have to have breakfast with them. It brings it into more of a domestic situation as well. So it goes a lot further than harassment at work. But just going back to what you're saying about about reporting, One of the things that I I have found, and I think it's quite typical of anyone that's been through a a bad time or a traumatic time, is that I've heard a couple of people now say that they didn't really start to process how bad things were until they then ended up in a better job where they got treated with respect, where their opinions were listened to, where they were part of the team, where no one was harassing them. And then they started to see what had happened years beforehand. So, Becky, I'm interested in learning about what kind of solutions you offer. What solutions are you currently working on or do you plan on working on around preventing sexual assault and sexual harassment at sea? So I think the lack of acknowledgement of sexual violence at sea compounds the trauma that is felt by victims and has meant that over the years a lot of people have suffered in silence. So I hope that as a starting point, our website can provide that acknowledgement that lets victims know that what has happened to them matters. One of our 
aims is to simplify and consolidate information for seafarers so that they can more easily find out where to get help. So we're trying to build knowledge around reporting procedures, preserving evidence, accessing medical help. And over the past few months, we've we've had some really great input from sexual assault referral centres, trauma counsellors, maritime lawyers. And we just want to keep building on this knowledge all the time so that we can make some of those basic rights accessible for seafarers wherever they are in the world. Our main project, though, at the moment is setting up this email support service where seafarers will be able to make contacts completely anonymously and they'll communicate with a trained volunteer. So the service will be available to any seafarer who has experienced sexual harassment, gender discrimination or sexual assault at any time during their career. So we hope it's going to give people an outlet for difficult emotions that they may have been dealing with for a really long time. You've put together something that offers the industry so much And you're doing it in a way that I think is very important. I know at Women Offshore, when we are approached about a situation involving assault or harassment, it takes a custom approach to help someone, meaning we're going to provide resources that work for that person's situation. And those resources may be different for one person compared to another. Safer Waves has been one of the resources we refer to. And Becky, what you're doing at Safer Waves and gathering all these resources means that you're empowering people around the world with the resources that they need to help themselves. I would like to add that you're doing it with another full-time job where you're an officer on a vessel. Oh, that's really good to hear that you'd refer people to us. So yeah, it's been it's been a really interesting project, actually, because it's so different from what I do every day driving boats but and I've just met so many amazing people and people that that really really want to help and like you say I think it is quite empowering because more and more people are getting involved and we're bringing these resources together and and I've had so much help in particular from the rape crisis centers in the UK that when I've contacted them they say oh, this is a really good idea. And I can see why you do need something specific for seafarers because when I start to tell them some of the challenges we face, you know, they say, oh, well, how soon can you get to port? Kind of assuming that we might be in the UK every every few days or something. And I say, well, no, there's people, they might be UK citizens, but they're going to be on a, whatever, on a Panamanian flagged ship. They might be in China and they start to be kind of blown away by the scale of the problem. But I, I hope that we can between us all that we can sort of chip away at it and start to, you know, start to make a difference. Yes. And it seems like chipping away and building networks and bringing the realization to more and more people. I know through my research and observation that a lot of the commercial or civilian land-based locations are doing great things and they're established in, in response on land and to, to shift the mindset to response on a vessel or a float is very interesting. But Becky, how can people learn more about Safer Waves? And is there anything our audience could do to support your mission and in helping prevent sexual assault and sexual harassment? Yeah, people can visit our website, which is at saferwaves.org. They can follow us on Facebook or Twitter. The Facebook page is quite new, but it's up and running. And in terms of supporting us, well, like all charities, we're 
trying to raise funds to bring our plans to life, especially the email support service, because there's quite a lot of training that we need to put the volunteers through. So if people would like to donate, they can do that on the website. We're also, we're always, as we were just saying before, we're always looking for a variety of input to the website and to the training materials, because I'm aware that I'm writing it from the point of view of a female UK seafarer with experience on certain types of vessels. So it's always interesting to hear from people from other countries, people, because I think the American system is quite different from the system in the rest of the world, the merchant marine versus the merchant navy. I don't, it's not exactly the same. And I just, I'd like to make sure I'm kind of representing everybody's experience as far as you can. And just sort of personally, each individual person, I, I firmly believe that a big part of reducing sexual violence in the future is just having honest conversations about it. Because talking to my colleagues this year, yeah, as I started developing the project, I started talking to people, I was talking to my colleagues, to my friends. And it made me realize that so many people are just not aware that this is happening. And some of my sort of male peers that I've come up through the ranks with just had no idea that this was going on. And when they find out, they they want to help make it stop. So I'd say talk to colleagues, let younger crew know that you're there to talk to if they have any problems, which is, you know, your, your mentoring program does that. And I think that the change isn't going to happen overnight, but I do think that acknowledging the problem will make a big difference to seafarers who've been struggling on their own. Definitely. Acknowledging the problem, working together, reaching across borders and oceans <laughs> to work together collectively around the world and knowing that every day we're doing something to to prevent and inform and talk because the tough conversations are needed, especially in leadership around the world. So we're really thankful for having you today, Becky. We've learned so much. I've learned so much. Oh, it's been really good to talk to you. Thank you so much, Becky. We appreciate your time today and for sharing with us what Safer Waves is all about. We will take the links that you mentioned and put them in the show notes so people can reach out to you. Okay, yeah, no, it'd be great to hear from people. And, and like I said, we're, we're building the training materials at the time and it would be really good to have some input into them. So, yeah. Thank you, Becky, for coming on the Women Offshore podcast. Uh, you're welcome. Thanks for having me. Before we end the show, we wanted to say that if you have been a victim or a witness to sexual assault or sexual harassment, you are not alone and can take action today. We encourage you to report such matters to your employer, academy, school, or union as per their guidelines. For example, this may be your HR partner, captain, or designated person ashore. It can be hard to speak up, but it is a necessary step in seeking help and breaking the cycle of sexual assault and sexual harassment. Additionally, if you learned from the show and want to propel women offshore forward, please consider making a donation today. You can donate and even set up a monthly recurring gift at womenoffshore.org/donation. Until next time, stay safe out there and we'll talk to you soon.